Welcome to Femme Lead, the podcast on female leadership and role models. Prepare to feel inspired and better equipped to navigate your career path. I am Alexandra Chabotaru, your host, and together with my guests, we will tackle a new field of work in each episode. The aim of this podcast is to deep dive into career perspectives and strategies to navigate your desired path for success. Enjoy! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the last episodes of Season 2, Family Podcast. I am here in person with Sine Yort Hansen, and today we are going to talk about Agile, something that you've asked us for. Um, Sine is an Agile coach at New Day, and she's also a board member at Women in Tech Denmark. So we're going to cover a couple of exciting uh, topics. We're going to talk about agile transformation, what does it mean to work as an agile coach, and also how to find your calling purpose. So we want to give some uh, actionable advice and Sinet prepared the thoroughly for this interview. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here and welcome. Thank you so much, Alexandra. I'm so happy to be here. It's uh, really a pleasure to be here and I'm very excited to um, to give a bit of understanding, uh, I met Sines through Women in Tech uh, Denmark, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been knowing each other for around two years or so. And uh, I decided to invite Sines to talk about uh, Agile and what does it mean to be an Agile coach, because some of you wrote us that um, you would want to go tap into the space, but you don't know what it means. Uh, how do you work in an Agile setup with different teams and what does that mean? So we will cover that today. And uh, for the record, understanding what New Day is, because I know some of you do not know the tech and telecommunications setup here in Denmark. So uh, New Day is Denmark's largest digital service provider, a family of nine strong brands in tech and telecommunication. And I think you will cover some of those brands. What does it mean and and, and how does the organization work? Mm-hmm. So we will leave that for, for you to, to tell us more about. So let's start with your current uh, position and responsibilities. What does it mean to be uh, an agile coach? How does your your day-to-day look like? Give us a bit of background about that. Yeah, thank you, Alexandra. So uh, my purpose as an Agile coach uh, is to create a company that focuses on outcome instead of output. So I really challenge people in their way of thinking and guide them to build great products that our customer actually desire, something that's feasible for us to build, and something that we can also see benefits our business in some sort. So it's not just about launching products that we like to build. We actually really need to go out there and ask our customers what they want and to see how it it uh, it covers their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, actually my, my primary goal to create teams uh, and create uh, tribes, as we call our departments, that can, uh, can go around the needs of our customers. Mm-hmm. I heard of uh, chapter tribe uh, leads and so on. What does that mean? What are those keywords in the agile setup so uh in the agile setup it it sounds weird yeah you get like this picture of people running around uh like uh, with with feathers everywhere uh so uh when we went uh, agile actually one year and two months ago uh, we transitioned the whole organization so we went away from uh, from silos and uh, and from departments and we created tribes a tribe is a group of people who have a purpose around a specific product, a specific service. Uh, 
So for example, the tribe that I work in is uh, mobile and digital communication. So they are surrounded by uh, onboarding uh, customers to either UC, which is one of our brands, or TDC Veo, which is another of our brands, uh, creating a, a good uh, customer journey uh, with the mobile products or with our team products, which is also one of our portfolios in that uh, matter. So it's a uh, it's building uh, these kind of uh, yeah tribes around uh, a specific product service. Mm -hmm. Within the tribe, we have squads. A squad is also what you would recall to as a team. Mm. So it's a group of people. It's a cross-functional team. So you have people with different backgrounds and different roles, but they all centered around the same purpose and the same part uh, within uh, that tribe. So mm -hmm. that can be a specific little product within the, the greater product range uh, or a specific service um, or, or something else that they have in common. Mm -hmm. yeah. I want to ask, uh, how come Denmark's largest digital provider, service provider, decided to go agile? Mm -hmm. um, I know that you have a, a very cool website, uh, New Day, that explains a lot about the philosophy behind. But I want to ask, first of all, why is this uh, important and why is uh, New Day now going through this transformation? So um, in 2018, we, TDC, uh, was bought uh, by a, a foreign capital organization. And um, TDC is the uh, Denmark National Service Provider. Yes, yes, exactly. And they divided TDC into two different companies. So you have TDC Net, which is exactly what you said. Um, they're the ones sticking into the ground, putting cables, creating the whole infrastructure. And then they created a new day which is the commercial part of the old TDC. So New Day is what you would refer to as an umbrella organization mm -hmm. where you have different brands underneath it. So you have UC, you have TDC Aveo, you have Telmore, you have Blockbuster, you have more, you have nine different brands actually being under this umbrella. Yeah, so, so suddenly you, uh, you need to rethink your own business as well. Because before we were a large organization, so we weren't so dependent on everything that we were building to our customers because we also had the infrastructure that other telecom communications were dependent on. So, so we really needed to look into how can we become more relevant to our customers and not just build a lot of products that maybe have one customer or we maybe earn a little bit on or we maybe lose some money on, but we really create products that our customers desire and love. Mm -hmm. And that's what brought the Agile framework into it because we knew that we needed to be smaller in order to uh, both, well, be faster to market because we we were able to create these small teams that could actually navigate together and, and as you said, prioritize better when you have a focus, a common purpose. Uh, and also just become small as an organization because we couldn't afford having a lot of people uh, keeping a big organization alive. Mm. So what we did was that we uh, created these five principles of five um, parts of, uh, of our framework that, mm -hmm. that I also coach in. That's part of being an agile coach. Uh, one of them being customer focused, which is definitely the most important one. Uh, but also uh, creating a space where people can experiment more. Because mm -hmm. in the old organization, you were very bound up on uh, creating uh, certain features and launch them at a certain time. 
But here we really want to create a space where uh, the, the different uh, teams can, can experiment on ideas and with customers. And also we needed an organization that was um, much more data-driven. So not just taking decisions based on your gut feelings mm. or what you heard in the market, but actually really create data, find out what data do I need as an argument to look into something? Yeah. How can I be driven uh, by a hypothesis, but then testing it and really see, is this hypothesis, this gut feeling, this idea I have, is it real or is it just a hypothesis? Is it backed up by data? And Exactly. Yeah. And also uh, having empowered teams, because that's part of what we did. We actually took out most of the middle layer of the middle managers because mm. they often transfer information between different layers. And we just wanted to to decentralize it more into these teams and empower them to make decisions based on the data that they they find by talking to customers and looking into to big data. And in the end, in order to make all this work, we need to be more transparent. So we needed to create a culture where you could show what you do. You can demo things that are not really done, which is not launched yet, but you can show what you're working on. You can inspire each other. Uh, you can have a, a common framework, a common place. We use Jira, for example, where you put in everything you work on. And then you use these ceremonies, uh, the, the Scrum way of working or the Kanban way of working, where every day you have a touch base with your team and look into what are we working on? Are we still in the right direction with what we want to achieve for this uh, quarter? Mm -hmm. How do you define Agile to someone who has never heard of this or heard about it, but they don't know what does it mean? Is it uh, something that um, you create yourself as a role when you are an Agile coach? Or is it something that... Uh, your role was created as a result of the company going in this direction? It's more the later. Yeah. Uh, because if you boil down agile, you can actually boil down to two things. Mm -hmm. Going agile is about minimizing risk and it's about um, continuous improvement. And that's actually what you do when you, when you work agile. Because mm -hmm. before, when we were running big uh, projects, those projects could be like, maybe for more than a year, sometimes two years, and you would define something that you would end up with. So you would have an output in the end. But two years is a long time. A lot of things are happening during those two years. So these changes that comes along those two years might have an impact on the product that you're building, but you're still just building that product. So you still have that output that you promised the customer or the inside user. So you maybe end up with a product that you can't sell because no one really wants it anymore. Mm. It becomes obsolete. Mm. So you minimize risk by constantly having a feedback loop with your customers and by uh, creating a little, put, a little bit of uh, value, but often instead of creating a big value in the end. Mm. Uh, for example, if, if a customer asks for a transportation um, a way of, of transport themselves and, and you start thinking big and you're like, we're going to build a, a spaceship for this mm. customer. And it takes a long time to build it and you end up and the customer's like, okay, it's kind of transportation, but it's not really what I had in mind. Instead of, of keeping the customer in loop and, and building a prototype or a minimal viable product and ask for feedback with them, maybe you will end up with a scooter 
it is cheaper to build, it's faster to build it, and it's actually what the customer had in mind. Mm, yeah, I think I think it's a very good example of um, what does it mean to work um, in this agile setup. Uh, it's obviously in practice very different. I'm sure that um, you don't have an MVP shared every day, but it's more like a, <laughs> it's still about continuous iteration. Uh, we actually created a um, startup school for women uh, this year um, with purpose. It's called Together with the Global Shaper Community here in Copenhagen. And we had a, an MVP session where we mm-hmm. tried to explain um, how to build an MVP. And we had this uh, this dilemma um Anna and I, we we uh, co-hosted it and we were thinking, what is the best example to give? Because MVP, it's like such a, depending on your business idea, it can look so different. Yeah. So again, when you say that you need to take a product to market and you, you need to innovate or you have some feature requests or some specific product requests from users, it doesn't just happen overnight. It mm-hmm. takes months to get to that uh, point where you have something to present and that's why it's important to always uh, have this feedback loop, like you called it, yeah, back and exactly. forth with users. Is this actually something that is going in the direction that you thought? And if you get a no, it's like, well, we assumed the wrong then. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It kind of goes back to the hypothesis thing, that you have an idea. And even though if, if you get a set of success criteria from your customer, it might still not be exactly what they were thinking when you presented for them. And that's how the human brain works. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting. Um, can you give us a, more of an understanding uh, day-to-day or um, an overarching answer on like, what does it mean to work as an agile coach? <laughs> <laughs> so do you talk with teams every day? You have calls? You What do you, what do, you do on your day-to-day setup? Uh, well, yeah, a daily life as an agile coach is, is a lot of things. Um it's uh, it's everything from actually focusing on the different squads and ensuring that they are outcome focused and that they uh, they they work with uh, their end users or their their customers um, needs uh, and look into what is actually the product and the purpose that they have in the squad. So it can be different workshops with them in order to to get closer to the agile way of working. It's also on the whole tribe level. It can be things of way of behavior, being more proactive or experiment more, participating in the in the demos that the different squads have, where they show what they're working on, where they can inspire each other, and where they can challenge each other as well. It can also be on the tribe level, on the tribe leader level, where you actually coach that person in the way that they lead uh, in servant leadership, for example. Uh, How do they embrace people and help them come closer to the answers instead of giving them the answers? So uh, being an Agile coach is never having the same day. (laughs) So you can do everything from participating in different ceremonies to creating workshops, uh, facilitate meetings. Uh, But uh, it's all in all to ensure that the organization and the tribe that you work for it becomes more and more agile and it becomes better at working on the right products and services mm. that in the end create amazing outcomes for our customers. Very. That's the, I, honestly, that's great to hear. I want to uh, sum up this uh, quarter of agile by asking uh, why agile matters. 
So agile matters because it's a mindset that applies to reality. And because the way that we live and the world that we live in is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. So we need to be agile. Agile actually means to, to be able to move fast. Uh, and, and to do so, you need to constantly stop up and, and reflect on where you are, like what, what are you doing right now and where are you heading at? And is it still the same place that you're heading at? as it was three months ago, for example. That's why we do these OKRs every three months. It's actually also to stop up and be like, are we still heading in the right direction? Or has something come in and shifted the direction? And I'm not saying that it's only every three months that something will pop up and make you shift direction. So you constantly have to, to have these talks within your, your team or your squad because things will come up and you need to be able to adapt to that. So it's about be, becoming more uh, resilient to that. Mm. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think uh, what I've learned from working Agile in the last two years, uh, for sure, is the fact that you cannot stick to one idea that you thought is the best yeah. solution to your problems. Like even deciding you're going in that direction. Um, we're doing a lot of uh, product innovations here at Novorism, and every two to three months, we have uh, user uh, interviews mm -hmm. where we ask people, what do you think about this? And they say, no. It's uh, not what I imagined. And then <laughs> exactly. Like, well, then, then we need to go back and uh, and change that hypothesis and uh, assume something else because it means that we weren't going in the right direction, right? And it, sometimes you also need to be aware of your audience. Yeah. Obviously, you cannot change your mind every week because one person comes in and says, I will never purchase this. I will never want to see this uh, new product uh, uh, on the market, but you, you still need to listen to feedback and imp implement it, integrate it in what you, what you're planning. Right. So exactly. And it's actually also a big part of, uh, of going agile. It's about the feedback, mm -hmm. uh, especially from your customers, but, but from everyone. And that's why we have these retrospectives, for example, and really encourage people to do it in the end by each sprint every second week uh, to see how has the process been for the past two weeks um, working in the team and working with the, with the product service that they, they work with. Um, but also, as you said, working in a company with product development, you always have very passionate people mm. who tend to fall in love with the products or the features that they're building. And when you do that, you kind of forget the world around you and you create that product for yourself because you think it's cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But then you realize that it's actually not what your customers or your users really wanted and it can really be scalable. Yeah. So uh, it's also about trying to create a more holistic view And um, I always try to, to ask people about the, the three different parts. Uh, is it desired by our customers? Is it feasible for us to build? And is it viable? Is it something that we can actually earn money on? Or can we save money in the company by building it? Yeah, yeah. I will, uh, we will probably share the three circles and how we meet in the middle where we do a, a product innovation and yeah. how it actually works. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a very good uh, setup that we've created here for you to tell us more about Agile. I'm sure that uh, we will be able to share some resources for those of you who want to read or understand more about the uh, Agile certifications and how does it work. But Sina, now we want to go to career development because I know that you've prepared some very, very cool pieces of advice that uh, I also can uh, vouch for because Sina has been... Um, 
uh, you've been my mentor in one of the women in tech uh, rounds of mentorship for yeah for, uh, it's true for a few months so we had a couple of calls and you know working in product both of us you really gave me some very good feedback i used uh, one of your um pieces of advice to create a workshop and and with some of the frameworks that you said okay this will really help you so uh i can definitely uh recommend uh, everything that you know will, will say as uh, taking it uh, as a real piece of advice and try to implement it because what we're going to uh, talk about today is um how to find your calling purpose and also how to um, link that agile mindset with finding your calling and purpose, because it is something that you've also learned through your role in the last year and a half, how to implement those tools in uh, in your uh, in your own career development. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So uh, what do you recommend people that want to start a career in this agile setup? Um, what should they be aware of? And if you can tell us more about how you use the agile tools to uh, set up this uh, career development exercise for yourself. Mm -hmm. So first of all, uh, if you want to work in agile organization, uh, you need to ensure that it's actually a way of working that applies to you. Because working in agile organization, you take a huge responsibility on yourself as well. That's one of the main things that I've seen from, from how we moved from a very hierarchical uh, or a place where a lot of, of hierarchy, where you had a lot of middle managers who kind of told you what to do, but also took the well everything from above uh, to 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 do your team. Uh, but working agile, you are in your craftsmanship. So whatever role you're working in, you are developing an expertise in that role, and and you are the one actually uh, looking for solutions and testing things. So it's not about just waiting for things to happen. It's about you actually looking into things and make them happen and experiment in different things. That's what I love about the job as well. So you do need to be proactive. That is yes. uh, an important part of working in uh, as an agile coach, for example, and in teams where you need to be the one being proactive and saying, maybe we should look into this. Definitely as an agile coach, because uh, people will rarely come to you. <laughs> it's often you coming to them, be like, hey, I think we should do a workshop on this. I could see it could benefit you. <laughs> um, but um, but also as a team, uh, a team member, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's what I've seen, at least, where, where people flourish in the agile setup. That's where they, they love to be the one who's proactive, not being micromanaged, but, uh, but really... Uh, take control over their own development. Uh, so I think that's an important thing. Like, do, do you like to work with a lot of freedom, but in a structured way? There's a lot of structure in, in uh, working agile in order for you to have this freedom. Uh, so it's a mindset that you need to see. Is that for me? Uh, working as an agile coach, uh, it's, you, you need to be very proactive, as Alexander also mentioned, uh, because in, especially in the beginning, uh, people will be like, oh, now you're there again and we need to do a workshop and what's this? <laughs> but often I, I have the experience that afterwards they, they really appreciate um, what you challenge them in. Um, and and they, sometimes they see it uh, in the long run. Um, it's also a role where you will, um, I mean, you will have highs and you will have lows. Like some days you just feel like everything's going five steps back. Mm. Uh, and some days you can just see these 
incremental improvements and you become like, yeah, this is actually working. I see that this, this is why we do this. Mm. So, so you really need to be uh, strong mentally, to be honest, in order to, to work as an agile coach. And when you, when you apply the agile tools to your career development, what changed? What was the process and what changed for you when you looked at your career? We will also talk about your career path, but mm -hmm. I'm very curious to understand how did you um, use the new knowledge that you had in your daily job yeah. to apply it to your mindset of how you see your career? Yeah. So before I became an agile coach, I've never been very structured about my own career. Um, I've always been ambitious, but I've never been super structured on how to reach my goals. But working with the Agile tools and the Agile mindset, uh, I actually saw how I could apply that for my own career development. So what I do now is that in the end of each quarter, uh, I have a retrospective with myself. And a retrospective is where you actually create uh, three to four columns. One saying what's been good, one saying what could be better, and then one with ideas. And the last one is action points. So I look into, so last quarter, uh, I've been working with these things that I really love. So this has been really good. And I've been doing these things. They haven't been so good. And then I have ideas of things that I would like to improve in that I can see are skills that I either desire to have or that I could see would benefit me in my career or that could be interesting to, to uh, look into. And then I create some actions based on that. Then I actually have a backlog full of things that I would like to become better at or that I would like to discover more. Uh, and then I prioritize. Mm. So I actually use a lot of the Scrum-based uh, methodologies uh, and tools. Mm -hmm. uh, so as I look into now beginning this new quarter, what will my objectives be for this quarter? And I create only two objectives because you shouldn't have too much. I mean, the less, the less you, you plan for, the more you achieve. I think that's a very important takeaway I learned at least. So two things that I really want to achieve for this quarter and it's some key results where I can measure that, like, like how many workshops should I do in order to become a good facilitator, for mm. example, that could be one of them. Uh, what should the feedback score be on those uh, facilitations of the workshop? Different things that I can measure upon. And then from that, I create a lot of tasks that I prioritize doing that uh, that quarter, and I can I can see that I only started that uh, six months ago, but but I can really see that I'm actually moving, and and it feels good to see that you achieve something. Mm. It's like being back in school and you have exams, and you can see okay now I'm actually getting better at this and this subject. So it's definitely something that I would uh, recommend people to do in order to get some structure in their own development within their own craftsmanship. Mm. I love that. And it's very structured, which uh, I also love. <laughs> and uh, it seems like it's something where you get uh, actionable results on because you don't plan uh, so grand in the first place, right? Yeah. So you focus on, like you said, incremental change and, yeah. uh, you know, focus on two, three months at a, at a time. 
Um, I think that's quite difficult for many people to boil down. So definitely recommend you try it out a, a few times before <laughs> before you feel like this is not working or this is actually going in the right direction. Um, because I know myself that I used to do, do those post-its um, that I also think, you know, depending on what motivates you, I love seeing post-its with plan this, like this is the goal. And then <laughs> maybe I don't go in details with planning it, but I know that in the back of my head, that's the goal. So within six months to a year, I should have achieved that. Mm-hmm. And it was the same when I wanted to do the Scrum certification, which I I also um, did through, through the company that I used to work for. And it was kind of like a goal that I wanted for myself. Mm-hmm. So after considering all of the different, uh, all of the different things about, how will I use this? Um, in which setup I will be able to? Uh, how should I discuss it with my manager? Like, how? What are the steps to actually achieving that? Uh, within six months, I was actually able to go for it and, and achieve that and learn a lot that we then used in the in the organization. So overall, it was a it was a good setup, but it didn't come lightly. I didn't just go and say I should become this. Uh, I think it, it was more like how will this help us? having someone in the team who has this uh, knowledge and mm. who spends some time looking at the structures and how we can organize them. So yeah, yeah it doesn't happen overnight. It's super difficult. Uh, to be honest, the first time you do this, it requires a lot of time because you should actually just have a canvas where you put down all of the skills that you have mm-hmm. and all of the things you would like to achieve uh, in the role that you have. If you want to become better within that role, I mean, there are so many different ways in developing. You can also ask your your manager or your your chapter lead or who you have to to spare. It could be a mentor as well uh, or a career coach, but someone who can actually help you see you from the outside and, mm-hmm. and guide you into different things. And then just write all of those things down. And then you have to prioritize. You know, say okay, what's the most important for me right now that I will achieve for the coming period. Mm-hmm. And if you have a goal for one year or something, I mean, that's part of your roadmap. That's something that you would like to get towards. So your your OKRs or your planning can be accordingly to that. Mm-hmm. Very, very good advice. Um, I want to start by asking you something about um, finding your calling based on what you shared with me. You shared that um, uh, it was hard for you to find your own path. So now mm-hmm. we're talking with Sina that now is an agile coach at New Day. Uh, and uh, it's a it's an exciting time for the company and for you to develop, but you n- didn't really know how your path will look like, right? No, exactly. So um, how do you navigate not knowing exactly what your path is? This is specifically uh, targeted at the, our young female audience uh, that sometimes um, ans- uh, asks us, how do I do this? You became a C or C level, or you you did the you become a manager. But how do I get to a point where I'm closer to that, right? Yeah. And for this episode, let's talk about how do you find your purpose, calling, dream job. Um, is there anything that really changed uh, that really made you consider what your path would be? Yes, definitely. Um, I found out what drove me. Mm. I think it's the most important advice I wish I got when I was studying Um, because people always tell you what you should do and what you should become uh, and give you, give you a direction for it. But in the end, they are not you. So you need to understand what drives you. 
And driving motivations can be everything from money, power, titles, influence, uh, freedom, uh, self-development. But you need to understand what drives you. And I definitely didn't know that. Mm. Uh, I thought that I was uh, going to become something uh, because people told me that I should. Um, And I think that that, that's what I spent a lot of time on, actually thinking, well, this is not really me. I feel wrong in this path or or in this job. Uh, And actually, the job I have now, I've never been more happy Mm. because it represents my values. It represents my my purpose. It represents my 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 drivers because I'm really driven by uh, by freedom and self management and uh, and self development and developing other people. That gives me uh, so much uh, fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So I, I really uh, I really will advise uh, everyone to look into what drives them. Because that will be able, that will enable you to direct you into a job that fulfills you as well. Mm-hmm. And in your career path, um, did you have any moment when you were like, um, "This doesn't seem good to me"? Let's. How do you find the, the those drivers first of all? And secondly, is there any key moment for you that made you think about it? Any situation or any episode where you were like, "Oh wait, this is not really the right thing for me." Yeah, definitely. Uh, when I graduated, uh, I have a master of science in engineering, operation, and innovation management. Uh, and when I graduated, everyone were like, "Oh, you should get a graduate program. It's like uh, it's the way to start your career." So I applied for all the graduate programs, and I got a very exciting graduate program at Cisco Systems, which is an uh, IT company, a global, uh, huge American IT company. Super exciting. I really thought that that was just what I wanted to do. I wanted to work in sales and I wanted to be in this huge international organization and just fly around the world and do amazing things. And working there was really an incredible experience. I learned a lot, but I also learned that working in sales didn't really fulfill me. Mm. And I had a really good chat. And that's what life is about. It's about having the right conversations with the right people at the right time. And I had a conversation with an HR manager. And she actually asked me, what drives you? Are you driven by money? And I thought about it. And I was like, no, I'm not. And then she was like, then it's the wrong place for you to be. (laughs) And I thought about that. And I was at that time extremely mentally uh, exhausted by various reasons. but. I guess in a retrospective, one of them was that I was working for the wrong reasons. Uh, and it just came to me that, well, this is not, this is not where I should be. Mm. So that was kind of kickstarting my journey into what I really want to work with and why. That's, wow, that's a great story, I think. It's uh, also important to know that having the right conversations can really change your trajectory and honestly your life. Sometimes you have these moments of epiphany is like, yeah, I never ask myself what, why am I here? You exactly. Know? A lot of people never ask themselves. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people have had the same job for 20 years and I asked them, well, what, what drives you? And they're like, uh, well, I've just had this job for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so are you happy? Do you feel fulfillment when you, when you leave your job? 
Yeah. Well, very important questions to 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 ask oneself. Is there any advice that you give to uh, young women who look into um, finding their purpose and, for example, not knowing where to start? Because also finding what drives you, sometimes it's a trial and error. Sometimes you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Is there any way of figuring out, you know, a way of uh, going on this introspection? That's a very, very good question because uh, I um, I don't believe in, in 10 years' plans. Uh, when people ask me, what's your plans in 10 years' time, I look at them and I'm like, do you, know, do you know what's important in 10 years? No one knows. So, so you really need to look into where are you right now and what fulfills you right now because that can also change. Uh, your life circumstances will change along the way. So what is important for you right now? What could be interesting for you now? And I think an advice that I wish that I had when I was just graduating is that nothing is uh, static. I mean, you if you choose something, you can always choose something else. Uh, it's it's not going to be the path that you choose right now. It, it can it can alter, uh, and you can alter it. And I think the most important thing is that you need to take control over your own development. So if you need a change, ask for it. And if you don't know what to do, seek inspiration. Uh, you can seek inspiration by talking to people who do something that looks or sounds amazing mm. to you. Uh, you can seek inspiration by uh, getting a mentor or a career coach. Someone who can ask you questions that will actually um, guide you into your own path. Mm. Very, very good advice. Um, is there something that uh, surprised you in your career? The biggest, not necessarily the biggest, but I, ha I ask these questions, uh, this question to to most of, uh, of of my guests. What is the biggest surprise of your career? Is there something that surprised you <laughs> <laughs> around uh, along your path? Um, I think that what, what surprised me is that, um, no matter what level people work in, like if they're a top manager or if, if they're working the shop floor, uh, we're, we're all human mm. and, uh, and no one has all the answers. Some people are just better at, um, and creating answers in the moment. But in the end, we're all human uh, and we all need empathy for that. Um, really try to, to look into the other person's uh, perspective. Mm. Yeah. And I, because I, when I was younger, I thought that like being a manager, then you have the answer to everything. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's like the oracle uh, and everything they say is the right thing, but it's not. And managers who know that, Managers who are vulnerable about that um, also create a, a space where people can actually come with their ideas. They create a psychological safety. And I think that's much more important than uh, having a person who's uh, directing things and, and who has or think he or she has all the answers. Yeah, very good advice. Psychological safety and being vulnerable are things that we don't really discuss in leadership as much, maybe that as we should. Yeah, because it's not seen uh, strong enough, or who knows what uh, uh, leadership enough. Yeah, there's that. actually a very big uh, cultural bias on that because I had some talks um, in a network for for leaders in different Danish companies. Because when we work agile as a leader, uh, points of being agile is also being a servant leader. 
So being someone who actually asks the right questions instead of coming with the answers. And uh, it's also about creating this uh, psychological safety. And there was a, a woman who told me that she works a lot with the Chinese departments. And if she asked for their ideas or, or their um, answers for, for different perspectives, they were looking at her like she was stupid. And they're like losing respect for her somehow. Like mm. you should be the one coming with the answers because you are actually the, the manager. And so she was like, this doesn't apply to all cultures. Um, so it can be a bit tricky sometimes to move into that direction. But I believe that you can create an environment along the way uh, that that's open for, for everyone and where everyone dares to come with their own uh, questions and, and ideas. Mm. Very, very important to also note the cultural differences that we all um, uh, go through or, or, or we all meet during our uh, career path, because like you said, depending on where you are, we are now in Denmark. It's a pretty flat uh, uh, hierarchy type yeah. of uh, <laughs> company culture, right? Agile is all about flat hierarchy. So it's hard to go somewhere where culturally you're not supposed to do some things and say, now you want, uh, I want you to give me your advice. Um, okay. Well, why don't you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually happy we move from that. You tell me the right answer mentality, because I think a lot of mistakes have been made because of that yeah. way of looking at things. Uh, Cause like you said, we don't know everything so no no one has all the answers not even a manager so yeah. so then it's uh it's very important to know that for whoever listens that it's fine to say i don't know let's look at it together and definitely if you work in uh agile teams where you want to fail fast test experiment it's just the right way to go yeah exactly because when you experiment you will fail uh, you will come up with something that's uh, that's not really uh, ideal for the customer or the user, uh, and and you should be able to to have that room for doing it, uh, mm. and then learn from those mistakes or, or those experiences and share them. Mm. Mm. Very well said, uh, Sina. Before we before we go, I want to ask you about Women in Tech Denmark. Um, we have uh, we we met through that organization, mm -hmm. and I want to. Just for a few moments, tell us what does Women in Tech Denmark represent? Mm -hmm. And if there's anything that we should know about your organization uh, moving forward in the future, any exciting opportunities coming in with uh, coming up with those uh, at that organization? Yeah. So uh, Women in Tech Denmark is a nonprofit organization. Uh, it's been around since 2015, and I've been part of it for the past four years. Um, we are aiming at inspiring diversity in the tech and IT industry because uh, we really believe that uh, building products for for everyone should be built by everyone as well and um, a lot of organizations are actually looking into us because they they want more women working in their organization mm -hmm. and when I say most organizations it's because normally when you think about technology you only think about the organizations creating technology but actually more or less all organizations are becoming more tech as well mm -hmm. because of digitalization. Yeah. So all processes being digitalized uh, also requires that you have more tech competences or people who understand how people work together uh, with different roles and mindsets. What women take, we're doing different things, but we are also all working 
on the side uh, in our day-to-day job. So, um, so it's very passion-driven. So uh, if if people have a really good idea, I mean, please come join us. Um, if if you want to initiate it, if you want to to be part of driving it, uh, there's always room for you. And on that note, with the, you know having an open call for whoever wants to check Women in Tech Denmark, you have a cool website. People can join a Slack community and then know more about the events. Uh, I want to thank you, Sina, for joining me today uh, in uh, the last episode of season two. <laughs> we will go in a summer break and uh, starting uh, autumn, we will have new episodes. But by then, I want to thank you, Sinef, for joining us today. It was really nice to hear more about Agile. And honestly, you really prepared some very important pieces of advice when it comes to looking at your career development. And I'm very thankful that you took the time to join me today. Thank you, Alexandra. I'm very happy that you asked me to join here. Uh, it's a really incredible broadcast. I wish it was there 10 years ago when I needed it. <laughs> so. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, stay tuned for more updates and follow us across all social media for the summer. Um, see you back in autumn. I hope you felt inspired to take charge of your next career move. Remember to review this podcast and share your comments. Thank you.